The four A's is dedicated to supporting agencies and creative companies through leadership and community for our industry. We're passionate supporters of the work small agencies do across America and the role of the Small Agency Planner Parlay in helping strategists get fueled on creativity, commerce, and culture, all moving strategy and the industry forward. For more information on the many benefits of being a 4A's member, try aaaa.org to find out how our industry authority can be there for you. And now, the Planner Parlay. Welcome to Planner Parlay, a show where we come together under a flag of truce to talk about small agency planning. In this week's episode, our guests unpack the art of the agency hack. They reveal what good hacks can be, what they can bring, and when they can bust. Join our panel, Ed Cotton, experienced strategy consultant from New York City, CJ Gaffney, Director of Strategic Planning at Partners in Napier in Rochester, New York, and of course, John Roberts, CSO of Truth Collective, also of Rochester, as they divulge the secrets of the agency hack. Pull up a chair and listen in. Welcome everyone to uh, another Planner Parlay podcast. We're here today to talk about strategy hacks. It seems to come up in uh, pretty much every conversation I can see, both online and in real life, about the purpose and the role of, of strategy hacking. Why don't we start with this? What is strategy hack to you, and why does it matter? Ed? They are fast, quick ways at thinking laterally about a way into a strategy. It's an approach. It's a... It's a sensibility that works really well when you've got no time and you've got no money, which is what most of us have right now. CJ. Yeah, I would only add that, you know, I think of a hack as, you know, it's a means of organizing the chaos, you know, that we, that we deal with that gets dumped in our laps often, um, you know, organizing structure, organizing, uh, you know, I hate to use the word shortcut because there's so much rigor that usually goes into doing them right. But, you know, a way of organizing the chaos um, and the best ones also help you, you know, kind of validate your your hypothesis along the way. So you, you don't get stuck going down a long road to nowhere, but you can kind of quickly, you know, test uh, your thinking and flesh it out um, and know, um, you know, how to, how to course correct in real time. That's great, guys. And we're going to be talking more over the next half an hour or so about some of those thoughts whether it's about the free and speed or whether it's about the invention or both. Uh, and for me, strategy hacks are inherently linked to what we do because the notion of hacking is about finding different ways and that involves curiosity and, Ed, as you were talking about, invention. I always think that there's this fascinating tension between the brevity and the inventiveness that you guys have just talked about and the depth of rigor of, is this true, not is this just mediocre, the best you've got? So how do we overcome that? How do we, how do we overcome that potential tension between the two facets of hack? Yeah, I always think to me, it's like what's interesting for the creative process. You know, in the case of Mini, we needed to find something that Crispin hadn't talked about. And, and they'd won a gazillion awards and they were the, you know, the best agency on the planet at that time. And Mini was the number one case study that they had. It was their calling card. In fact, was the thing that helped them grow. How do you follow something that's already been great? You have to find something that they haven't talked about. So, I mean, that's what we, we knew what so the... That gave you a we, point of, of invention then, right? In terms yeah. of finding something dramatically different. Yeah. 
So, so you know, it evolved. It started off when you know, it, it, as an idea, as a strategic idea, it evolved, and it started off with this. The first thing we did was to do this uh, rally because we had a hunch that there's something was something going on. Because we'd actually, I think, we'd done some rudimentary like social media listening, although there wasn't even such a thing as social media listening at that time. But we'd done something like it, and we'd heard rumors of rallies and things like that. And so we decided that we needed to experience one for ourselves. So that was the process of getting to something that we thought was going to be interesting. So for a, from, almost from a documentary subject perspective, okay, this is an interesting story here. And then we went and collected the overall story of this. And then we discovered this was a truth. These rallies existed. And there was a sort of a process of almost indoctrinate, you know, people got indoctrinated and, and became more, the more they, more rallies they went on, the more engaged in the brand they became. So it was a really sort of a very powerful piece of the brand story. It wasn't, and they weren't even like formalized. This was consumers just going off on their own and doing these things. Over time, we formalized it. There was an interesting truth. What the creatives then did with this was that we actually sort of started off this, uh, we talked about this idea of moving the brand from cult to culture. We'd seen a cult in these clubs and then our sort of our goal was to move them into culture. But our method to do that was to use the owners who we'd uncovered from these rallies uh, at, at their most emotive and their most vocal and passionate as media. So the first campaign we ever did for me was a campaign that was invisible to anyone who wasn't a mini owner. You ha we actually sent 250,000 decoding kits to mini owners so they could decode the web and print ads that we were running. So it, it was, I'm not saying I had the idea. I had a thought that led to the idea. So what I find interesting, Ed, in that story is the, the notional strategy hack. There was an inventive way to want to discover more. Let's have a rally. And actually what you discovered led you to a better place, right? So, CJ, talk a little bit more about that. How does that work in, in your world? I mean, I'd say when I look at a hack, there is a question of whether it's, it's a formality, like a formal process versus like a, you know, I get, I get asked a lot for, you know, like, what do you got in your bag of tricks, you know? And there's things that have worked in the past. And I think the trick uh, the, or the difficulty with hacks um, in the context that I think you're getting at is really, you know, we have to remove the illusion of, of ease from it. Like just because there might be a shorthand to organized thinking, it doesn't mean that it's devoid of, you know, critical thinking. Um, and, and that can take a lot of time and energy. And so I, I, I get frustrated sometimes, you know, when people are like, Oh, can, can you do that thing? You know, that, that thing that with the boxes or with the, you know, the, the graph, you know, like every planner I know has a couple of go-tos because it's how they get their brain kickstarted. But sometimes I've seen it sort of used as a surrogate for like, oh, we're just going to do that as a formal process for like showcasing our strategy. And sometimes it could work, but I often notice that just people's, people who don't do strategy and planning kind of look at it as a novelty, like it's a little trick. And I think that's removing the illusion that it's just some easy, you know, formula is, is critical um, to get people like, and I think by being transparent and inviting people in to, you know, maybe fill out the boxes or to plot something on a, on a matrix, you know, when they get into it themselves with you, they start to realize how much goes into it. So I think um, letting people in on the process can help sort of 
you know, debunk that a hack is, is really, you know, something that's hacky. Yeah, so true. And we find, I think what's really interesting for me on the, from the strategy hack perspective is the invention that we put in actually can also be used. And Ed, you touched upon this in your story and CJ, you were talking about, about bringing people in. So a strategy hack isn't just a, a notion of speed and cheap to get to a point, but could also be one inventive and two is inclusive. So recently we're working on a, on a coffee assignment and we had, when we found out, we had the team disappear to three different coffee bars, all splitting up, account team, creator team, strategy team, all to go a quick bit of uh, inventive strategy hack of an in-market, in-coffee exploration. Not because it's the be-all and end-all, but it, what it does for me is it gave us some starting points, but it also emotionally invested the whole team from the get-go. Yeah, I think starting point is a critical word there. I think a lot of great hacks are just that. They're the, they're the initial match uh, that you know, lights the spark or you know, the starter's pistol to get things going. They're usually not you know, the end-all be-all in terms of you know, how you arrive at a you know, well-baked strategy point of view but i think that's it's, it's always a great starting point i think that's why it's helpful to have a lot of different hacks in your bag of tricks i would say just kind of building on this a little bit more is i think generally in agencies motivating people is an issue sometimes you yes. don't have the sexy clients so is that how strategy hacks can help well i think they can help i think they can it can be the spark to start a process i mean that's what cj was referencing I do think there's also a difference, when I, and, I, and I think about it, between new business where you really need the hacks, and then you don't necessarily need the hacks with, with your current clients. If you have an AOR, you're going through a planning process, and I mean, yeah, maybe some hacks are helpful now and again, but in many cases, you're on a road with a client, and you're on a journey with them, and you know where you are, and maybe, yes, you do need to sort of instigate some kind of... Um, I don't know what it is, but maybe you need a spark back in the relationship and you you need a hack to do that. But I think hacks are most prevalent to me in new business, just where I really see them having a level of importance above all other things. Yeah, that's cool. We found even with the continuity of client, like you're saying, again, the depth of rigor, we always find an opportunity for a hack. Even if it's just, I love what you were saying earlier about, you know, getting everyone's attention or getting juiced up or getting excited about something, team and client, by the way. So we, we pepper them in every now and again. How about you, CJ? I tend to rely on them more for new business because I think the best hacks, typically, and I've certainly not all, but the best hacks are helpful in their ability to simplify things. And so, the you know, when you're ingesting, you know, or trying to get smart on, a whole new category, a whole new client, you know, and you start to get overwhelmed, it feels daunting, you know, you start, you put it through the hack, um, you know, sort of filter and starts, it starts to distill things that are usable, um, at least in, in my experience. Um, so I tend to fall back on hacks more when I'm looking for some help organizing what I'm um, sort of, you know, taking on as something as new information. So that tends to happen less with existing clients, but to, to your point about sparking things and keeping things fresh, I actually think that that's um, it's a really smart way and an easy way to make sure that, you know, the client feels like you're you're thinking about their business in new ways, um, you know, especially if it's a new hack. And, and it's all the more reason to if you if you, you go to a conference and learn something new, you know, test it out with an existing client um, because, you know, you've already 
got the foundation, you're not going to get too far astray. Um, and it, it could be a way to excite and rekindle, you know, uh, an opportunity or initiative for them. So do clients care when we think about the notion of a strategy hack or do they just care more about the results? No, they don't care how we get there. We just got to get there. And Ed, is that what you're seeing as well? It, I, I don't know. Right? It's very hard to generalize. I mean, I've been working most recently with a client for whom the process is almost as important as the result. Um, and, you know, they do want to do 25 focus groups and they do want to do stakeholder interviews and they do want to do everything because they feel that is something that demonstrates sufficient rigor. And yeah, I'm not there. And they're probably an exception to a rule. But um, I, I think it depends on where you're at in the process and what the relationship's like and what you really need to do and what you really want to do. I can imagine a number of situations where the work isn't quite where you want it to be, the relationship isn't quite where you want it to be, and you kind of want to right-size it. And so the team gets together and they usually try and bully the planner into saying, we need to really, we need to do something to get these guys excited again. I mean, at one point, we did an improv session. This is more like a team-building exercise. It wasn't really strategic. It was more like, what happened was, We'd, we'd forgotten what the brand was about. We'd gone through the recession 2009-10. Everything we'd done had been rational, left brain. And we'd forgotten what the brand was about. And, and you know, 18 months had gone by and we looked at all the work we'd done and it wasn't that great. It was really nothing to be proud of. There's nothing, nothing there that we could enter in an award show, be proud about, look at stand up as a team together and say, oh, we're really proud of the work we did. So we went, we went away. And we said, like, we need to hold hands and we need to kind of uh, reaffirm our belief in the brand, what the brand's about. And everyone joked about it because the planners organized this thing and, and people did pretend to be trees and all kinds of things like that. But you know what? Ten days after that, we presented to the client one of the best pieces of work we'd ever done on that business. It, was, it wasn't about the strategy. It was about understanding what the brand was about and getting the client to and ourselves to to take us take some risks because we hadn't been taking risks and so it almost the brief brief became what what's the most audacious thing we can do now knowing that we go back to the truths about the brand i was just going to add on that i mean i was only being a little bit cynical with my answer of no, they don't care um, as long as it produces results. But um, I think to Ed's point, I think there are hacks that that if done effectively are going to you know spark new thinking, open up new doors, and then um, particularly if they're a part of that, um, they they do appreciate the end result. So I think you know do they do they care about hacks and how you're doing it um, and do, like. I, I, will, I would I would say that you know I've had a couple experiences with clients that you know each year we go into like an annual planning process and it, and the ones where you know we have sort of a set structure and we're we're sort of picking up where we left off and looking at the same exact um, you know ways at which we could attack you know the year I, I get a sense that they're more bored by that than if we come each year with a new way of thinking, you know, call it a hack or, or what you will, but like we, we get them outside of the box. You use that planning as an opportunity um, to kind of reset everyone's mind and, and sort of as, as long as I, as long as you're taking into account their end result, um, I think they'll really appreciate it. I think that's a better way to say it. I think they'll appreciate a good hack, um, but I don't know if they ultimately care, <laughs> you know, how you kind of kickstart the process. Got it. 
You know, it's funny. I do feel one of the principles of, of strategy in an agency is to be the, the champion of enthusiasm, the belief that something better can come. Ed, you talked about it when you were when you were acting out as trees. It, okay, no matter what it was, okay, it gave the the team a, a, a refreshment and ability to come at it in a better way. And this notion about whether clients care, I, I know exactly what you're meaning, CJ. I find that clients don't care about the process if it leads to something that they just know is going to lead them to a better place. And the ones that we're finding, the ones that are really meticulous about the process. I'm not sure they they care as much about the end result. Do you see what I'm seeing, Ed? Because I know you're, you're sitting in that recently. I agree with that. And I think there is some advantage to having someone who's super excited about what you're going to see um, versus what they're going to do. It does remind me of um, another another story, which I think is kind of apocryphal in this case, where it was a presentation, a marketing presentation I did with my mini client on innovation. And we just were showing a bunch of people in New York uh, from different categories, some of the interesting stuff we were doing. And uh, we got lampooned by a bunch of financial services people who said, oh, we couldn't possibly do that. Oh, that's, that's you know, that you're mini, you can do whatever you want. And then um, our presentation was followed by a guy from IDO who said, you know, oh, we love doing, doing these learning journeys with our clients. We take them on these wonderful road trips. We've just got this surf client and... Um, we, we bought a VW minibus and we've all gone off together on this journey along the high, Route 1 in California, stopping off at locations, interviewing surfers, surfing ourselves. And all these straight-laced financial people in their suits and ties go, I'd love to do that, <laughs> having told us that they couldn't take any risks and do anything. But this idea of the, the, idea of the learning journey, i.e. Uh, making that research exciting I, I i think the 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 story about you know how nike goes out and and does a little bit of their uh, learning journeys and they try to make them exciting they you know they yeah they talk to they'll go and project talking about running they'll go and talk to runners they'll go and talk to opinion leaders um but they're going to they go and look at the culture that surrounds running and do interviews with djs and have dinners and so they make the process exciting um, and I think that's something we need, you know, you can think about as well. Yeah, the outcome is really important. But, you know, what, what, why I think these things matter is it's about buy-in. If, if, you, if you've got a client or a couple of clients that come along with the, on the learning journey or these journeys or these hacks or whatever we want to call them, and they're experiential and they're interesting, then they feel part of the team. It's a bonding exercise. And then you go, well, we all went through this together. We learned this and this and we, you know, and then you go present to the, more senior clients who weren't part of this, and you've got advocates on your side. So yeah, it's about making stuff interesting, really. True. CJ, any bonding stories from you? I would I would flip it a little bit um, in terms of, I think hacks become incredibly uh, useful um, internally um, that, that I guess prep you for good client conversations. I think, um, you know, I've yet to present any strategy ever in my career that I didn't have to immediately defend <laughs> to, you know, my account teams and my creatives, you know, and so as much as I, in the moment, I often uh, can can hate that. Um, it preps me um, to to put more rigor into the the client conversation, so by the time we're there in front of, we're aligned. So the hack and working as as a team using that to make your strategy airtight. And then, you know, sort of having to sell it in internally ultimately makes makes it much easier when you get in front of the client. There's just so much confidence in, in you know, 
that the, that the hack and the path that you that you've chosen is is going to be um, well received. Yeah, we're finding less and less that, in in my opinion, the the role of strategist is not to have the strategy. The role of the strategist is to, is to ensure there is one and as great as it can be. So we're using more and more. Let's we call it crit. We can call it hack of. How do we include the creative and the account team and the technologist, whoever it would be? So we together are melding what we think is the best strategy together rather than wait for the, the neatly kerned statement of intent from the planner uh, to then get shot down. That participation really matters. And Ed, you were talking about that earlier. So are hacks for everyone? Are there any, is there any particular type of client or category that you can think of where a hack would not work or would be best suited? CJ? Yeah, I think the very nature you know, of a hack is, is something that can be applied you know, with a ton of versatility. So um, I'd imagine you know, that some easier than others, but a useful hack or, or better yet, maybe the hack doesn't exist. If you're looking at a particularly unique assignment, client, campaign, objective, you know, hacking how you get at that insight, you know, that's absolutely applicable to every type of client. You know, I think we had a, a, an automotive client uh, in the financial services space that, um, you know, we were really trying to sell in a human truth. And it dawned on us that as employees of this, you know, wonderful company, they, as a byproduct of that, they never even once had to ever step foot inside of a dealership. And so we took them out of the office and we went on a field trip and gave them fake names and fake, uh, you know, backstories. And we had them go deal one-on-one with, um, you know, with, with salespeople. Um, and it really opened their eyes. And, you know, it was, it was the type of client that was, that was very conservative, you know, that we, we, they had an agenda, you know, for how we were going to, you know, have these meetings, these set of two days meetings. And, and we kind of hacked it by saying like, we're going to use our, two hour window that instead of a PowerPoint presentation, you know, we, we prearranged to have, you know, cars pick everybody up. I gave everybody a little top secret folder, you know, a manila folder with their assignment, their, uh, the questions they had to ask their backstory um, and the locations of the dealerships that they had to go do, you know, sort of field research at. And, you know, it was a little risky because again, they were, they were a little, you know, they, they were a well-oiled machine as a, as a client, but um, you know, ultimately I think they really appreciated us, us kind of hacking the day um, and give them something to talk about and really think about for the next, you know, a uh, few months as we kind of pushed forward our strategy. That's great. And there's something, there's something really interesting in this thread that isn't necessarily true of all, but the inclusion of the client in the strategy hack can be almost enchanting to them. I had a client where we actually had, I compounded an innovation workshop into the focus group because when the clients realized that actually they had to have genuine product innovation concept statements because in 90 minutes their audience was walking in the room and were going to be evaluating in front of them. It really helped focus the mind, but it did actually add a little bit of that magic to it as well. How about you, Ed? Any thoughts where it works best or not best? To me, it makes sense when no budget, low budget, no clients not paying, you're a new business, you've got to get to something fast. A hack is a good way to it. So that's one camp. And then the other is, you know, you need a creative spark. You need to energize, you need... You need something to ignite. You need to find some way of igniting and making the relationship interesting with an existing client. It seemed to be the two 
where he's at it. And I don't think I don't think it matters what category we're talking about. I think CJ made that point. I, I think you can you can you can lull yourself into a full sense of security and say, oh, these clients are in this straight laced business. It's B two B or X Y and Z, and they don't want to do this kind of crazy stuff. And um, you know, you'll probably find it will probably work really well. I also I really agree with Ed's point, and he mentioned new business. You know, for for you know. Uh, my two cents, new business is a hack, <laughs> the whole thing, you know, new business is a grind, new business is a hack. And, you know, there's, you know, everything's on the table, all ideas, ways in should be exhausted, you know, to get there. And so I, I think that's actually probably the best proxy for it. But to my earlier point, um, I, I do think that there's ways to, to hack pretty much any um, type of business. That's a great point, especially, you know, on new business, because the likelihood is, there's three agencies that have all used the same Simmons MRI and the same Mintel report and the same desk study or whatever it would be. So the hack can also be um, distinctive, not just what we found, but how we did it, particularly in new business. So um, we're in the sharing mode now. Well, we always are. So how about three tips for the world? Uh, Ed, what would be three tips from you that uh, you think strategists, particularly small agency planners, but anyone listening to this could benefit from? I always personally like starting off inside the company, trying to find out a little about what they're up to. It is super simple. If it's a publicly quoted company and a bunch of them are, they always have to report quarterly to stockholders. I, I, I find I get so much stuff from those, particularly when the, when the analysts, the Q&A sessions with the analysts, I want in a RFP once um, uh, for a financial services. I, I did a lot of listening to these and looking at these, and the feedback we got from our RFP response was, you know, something along the lines of, you know, exactly what we're up to and what our strategies are. Um, it's almost like you were listening to our, our meetings, but it was simply me looking a lot of stuff and um, on on what the business was up to. So just I think. You know, you've got to get to where the business is at, what the problems are, and what the issues are, and and that seems to be the starting point. And then you go into, okay, well, uh, where do we go from here? But to literally have a freely accessible thing that tells you about a company's strategy on a quarterly basis that anyone can get for free seems like it's dumb not to use something like that. Great, CJ, what would be one tip? Um, one tip for, for hacking planning, um, be a student of stand-up comedy. Um, that is my, <laughs> the number one thing that has bailed me Tell out me in more. situations. <laughs> yeah. I find that, you know, it, part of our job is sort of exposing, you know, human truths, audience, cultural truths in an interesting way. And there is no group of people better at that than stand-up comedy is taking something that's true it's funny because it's true you know we all know that um but i find a, a really well-crafted stand-up act that is built on a human truth or even the, the simplest joke often sparks you know if, if you kind of peel back the onion a little bit um you know beyond the humor there's always this nugget of like or an angle a point of view that i feel like you know the the business conversation that you're having around a topic isn't being uh, isn't it's not coming through in those conversations and so i i often uh will you know either you know use use youtube or um just i i just happen to be a fan of comedy so you know like just the well of who do i know who talked about that subject you know um 
and I, I listen to it and it's sort of like it always I'm amazed at how how much truth are in those conversations. So it's an unorthodox approach, but I usually when I'm backed into a corner or if I'm just bored of, you know, the typical research tools, um, trends reports, you know, you just, there's only so much you can read before you start to glaze over. So part of it, I think is a little like giving myself a break. Um, but, um, I've, I've routinely found little sparks, little nuggets, uh, germs of ideas that have led to, uh, an insight or a strategy, you know, from something that started in comedy. Great. I think I talked about a couple of my tips earlier on, but, um, I just wanted to go back over them. The, the combination of inventive workshop and focus group we did it on a product innovation but i think it what it does is it really it amps up and everyone knows but it amps up the attitude in the room for the workshop and it was a really in that particular instance was a really powerful way for clients to really appreciate how hard it is by the way to write things like positioning statements or concept statements and then what real people do when they respond to them it's not the depth of rigor. You know, it's 12 people in a room. It's not 15 focus groups that are nationally representative. But it was a really interesting hack because it got us fast to an inventive place that was, uh, that was pretty thrilling for the time. One more. Ed. I like the comedy one. I think that's really, really smart. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, another, there's this, this other thing that you talk about, or people talk about, which is... Um, and I've done it to a certain extent, but um, there's people who there's people who interact with people, right? So there's the the taxi drivers, the hairdressers, and the people who are the um, people in hotels. You know, you, you want to know about something. Those people have an opinion because people are talking to them all the time. So I've and I've done a bit of that. And then there's always the extremes. You know, the find the fringes. You know, go to the fringes, go to the absolute edge, because you're going to find the mo- most interesting thing. The people who are deeply passionate about ice cream and think nothing other than ice cream would always be not representative of the average ice cream consumer, but absolutely full of insight. I have this kind of a related story that it links to this about planning not working. A creative director, a friend of mine, was working on a pitch and um, had nothing, no brief. I mean, had a brief, but it wasn't anything that he could work on and drank copious amounts of uh, alcoholic substances and decides the only way they're going to get any insight is by calling at 11 o'clock at night on the uh, knocking on the door of the owner's club of this particular car brand and bringing two bottles of whiskey with them. Uh, they left at five o'clock in the morning with three notepads full of notes. So yeah, go to the fringes, go to the extremes, go to the sort of the center of the sources of information uh, that's been successful for me on one massive pitch where I'm sure my competitors did 25 focus groups uh, in the technology space. And I just decided to talk to about half a dozen opinion leaders, uh, thought leaders at length. So hacking through the process just by getting to the people who know the most, fastest. CJ, back at you. So I have a, this is kind of a two-parter um, is, is a hack process um, that I often uh, employ, which is really um, sitting with strangers. Um, so I, I mean, I really, I'm always. Uh, so I work at you know, an amazing agency. We have a beautiful office. You know, tons of tons of great space. Um, I often find myself um, 
you're going next door to you know a, a bar or a coffee shop or something like that and sitting around strangers not not even to intermingle sometimes to in a voyeuristic way just to, like listen in on conversations like I, I sort of get inspiration um you know from from stuff like that just being you know outside of you know change of space change of scenery um but when you when you feel like you've found something and you've uh you're feeling pretty smart i'd say uh what's critical is to explain it to uh your neighbor explain it to your you know your spouse your partner um an aunt and uncle um somebody that uh that that is not impressed with you. <laughs> um, I've I've been both humbled and reinforced on many occasions by you know really being excited by an idea uh, that I had and and sharing it with somebody outside of the business and having them you know sort of get excited and that and just you know allowing me to keep going down the path or you know just be completely underwhelmed and I'm like okay thank God I <laughs> you know I, I got a real world perspective because I'm living inside this industry and in my own head too much. Um, so I'd say sit with strangers and then when you've cracked something, explain it to uh, explain it to a neighbor, explain it to a relative, somebody that will give it to you straight. That's great. And you know, there's a there's also simple things like, I love what uh, Julian Cole and Pollard are doing online with, you know, the quick ready list. CJ, you shared some with me in the past of uh, tips and tricks that can just accelerate, not necessarily to what is the strategy, but just some additional fresh thoughts like you were saying, CJ, you know, expanding our bag of tricks of how we can get there. So what's a mistake you can share? Where has hacking failed for you? I got thrown out of a couple of supermarkets once because as a young planner, I thought it'd be a great idea to interview customers. And I hadn't realized that um, the staff don't actually like, and nor do many customers, like strange people coming up and bugging them for questions on what they're buying. So it was, it was well-intended, but... I actually did get physically escorted off the premises. So maybe a bit more subtlety will help. How about you, Ed? Well, actually, another reason why hacks are good is because if they're hacks, they're sort of little experiments. So you don't really have maybe such a vested interest in one failing. Yeah, so you can move on to your next one. So that could be quite a good positive thing about a hack. They're, they're literally these little hypotheses that you kind of test for a bit. And if they don't work, you move on to another one. Yeah, I guess the dangerous thing is when it doesn't become a hack, it becomes sort of an obsessive, um, you're convinced that you're onto something and it loses its experimentation and uh, it's, uh, you just go down a wormhole. And I can't, I can't, I'm sure I've done it a bazillion times. I just can't right now think of one particular case where, you know, it's, it's, um, I tell you, I tell you what is interesting maybe is, in the pitch process, and I don't know whether this has to do with hacks or anything, I, I think there's always this interesting challenge between the chemistry meeting and the creative meeting. In the chemistry meeting, to me, it's all strategy. You are, the, you are running the show as a strategist. Yeah, there's some credentials, but we all know it's, the credentials are meaningless. Uh, it, it's really about the strategy. So the challenge, I think, is you can really crush it and do a really amazing job if you do all the right hacks and you've got a really interesting story to tell. The challenge is then, can you get your people who have to follow up in the next meeting with the work as excited as you got the client in the strategy chemistry meeting to meet, meant you made it to the next round? You can get very excited yourself and you can have a very impressive meeting and you can get into the finals on your own. But if you can't convince other people that this is as interesting uh, in your, inside your agency as the client thinks it is, then you're sort of in trouble. 
uh, and you might not win. So I think that might have happened to me a few times. Cool. CJ, failures in your life. Share. Oh, how much time you got? Um, if, if you're talking about specifically with, you know, with hacks, um, it's sort of rushing into it with it before you outline, you know, are, are we hacking something for inspiration or are we hacking something for validation? Um, I think, you know, the... I get excited a lot at the hacking for inspiration and, you know, sometimes I'll, without it, without properly outlining, you know, sort of what I want to accomplish, you know, I can, I can find myself just swirling, you know, and waiting to be inspired and having something happen, um, which can, can be time consuming and exhaustive. Whereas, um, you know, I think if you can kind of outline it first and then figure out, okay, how, what are different ways to hack to validate, you know, uh, what you're trying to accomplish? I think that, that's a little bit more helpful. I, I, I definitely had a failure once, uh, similar to your, your grocery store experience. The, uh, um, I was real impressed with myself once when I thought I decided I was going to, uh, do man on the street interviews with folks while they were pumping gas. Cause I was like, wow, they've got nothing else to do. This is a captive audience. And the product that we were, uh, that we were working on was something that was sold at a convenience store. So I was like, this is, this is genius. Um, Wow, it was uh, people were not happy to talk to me. And, um, you know, yeah, lesson learned, people do not like to be approached while they're pumping gas. It's, it's apparently a very sacred moment <laughs> of, of solitude. Um, they don't want you to walk up to them, particularly with a camera, <laughs> to ask them questions. Um, it was one of the more difficult field assignments. Um, and I thought it was going to be a cakewalk. So oh, we've all got burned. Know, that know way. your environment. <laughs> we've all got burned. Uh, guys, this has been fantastic. Um, any closing thoughts that uh, you feel matter about why we're here today? Strategy hacks. Use your team. You know, I think that's a, it, it's sort of obvious for people in small agencies sometimes that uh, you have a team around you, but are you, are you all so involved in your own worlds that you don't get together? I think that's sort of like the initial uh, getting into the hack you almost want to get you want to get four or five people that you're working with and you know into a room and you just want to you, you want to beat the idea around a bit and see what might be an interesting way of going and then maybe when you formulated it uh, even if you've done it on your own well then you bring the four or five people in and say am i barking up the wrong tree is there is there another way at this um so i think you know john you alluded to this about the plan a strategist is a facilitator to a process that everyone's an author of the strategy uh, I think similarly, you know, you can use your team um, to help guide you and and, uh, and and find the best way at hacking this. Great, CJ. Make sure that you um, you document things. Keep them. Save some stuff. You know, these these hacks are incredible. I'm routinely wowed and impressed by things that I see. Um, you know, conferences or conversations or just, you know, something we may have thought of because, you know, we were back into a corner and we came up with this, this, you know, creative solution. And then the pace of the business, I forget about it a week later. Um, so I've been, you know, I actually have a folder on my desktop called planning shit. <laughs> it's just like the type of stuff that I know at some point, like I need to reference. And I, I know, John, you've, you've, You've been trying to gather tips and tricks from Stratfest, which is awesome. And um, you mentioned the stuff that, um, you know, Julian Cole and Mark Pollard are, are always sharing. Like that stuff is awesome. Um, but even those, you know, it's like I, I sometimes forget to bookmark things, you know. So, you know, have your own little uh, toolkit. Be sure to save stuff because, again, it, it's nice to, to not always start from, uh, you know, square one and roll, up, roll the boulder up the hill every time. 
Excellent. Great closing. So guys, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we've shared a lot today. What are hacks? Why they matter? Uh, tips, tricks, lessons learned, failures and thoughts. Um, it's all been really helpful. 